Hello. Hey, what's up, y'all? Y'all good? You alright? Yeah? Bet. What's up, y'all? Thursday at noon, Ergo Radio. I am Damon. And I'm Kiss. It's nice to be back up here. Welcome uh, welcome home, Damon. Yeah, yeah, man. Went you want to tell the people where you were? I went to Puerto Rico for a few days. Shout out uh, Jennifer, baby lady, Bacan. <laughs> uh, we went to Luisa, which is like this African part of Puerto Rico that I heard about and seeing all of these like super black people on the island was really beautiful i got to oh i can't say that yet uh but i got to meet somebody really cool but it's on the low because the feds is listening uh i probably shouldn't even i should stop talking <laughs> well it's a conversational show if you well, stop talking we're in trouble i'll stop talking about that <laughs> um well it's good to see you good to see you as well is, there, is this a haircut there was a haircut my All brother right. and i got matching fades yesterday this, it's very so exciting cute. yeah shout yeah. out to my brother in town visiting did y'all take a bath together too? <laughs> <laughs> all weekend like we would be somewhere there was a kid who came up to us and he just looks at us at LTAD finals and he points and he goes twins <laughs> like close that's enough so, I'll take so it um, but a couple community announcements before we get to our very special guest first off for those of you who don't know what we do we showcase strong young voices from Chicago and beyond each week Another live, long-form interview with an artist, writer, organizer, poet, musician, person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. It's about making a better world, y'all. Mm. Now, beyond what happens up here, there are people doing that all over the city. Here are a couple of ways you can get engaged and, and get plugged into folks making cool stuff in our city. Um, tomorrow, that's Friday, uh, Yolo Kali, which is a youth organization based out of the National Museum of Mexican Art. We have Vanessa Sanchez, the director of that up here a couple months back. Um, they're doing their, uh, like every semi-annual, uh, exhibition of all the youth art. So that's at the National Museum of Mexican Art tomorrow, Friday, the 24th. Also Saturday, uh, a podcast that I do production for. Uh, and I believe a very special guest, Damon Alexander Williams, will I will be, be there. I will be there. Uh, Ricky Gamboa's Hoodwazee, uh, will be back in Logan Square. This week we're at, uh, 3527 West Cortland. Um, it's gonna be so much fun. Incredible guests up there. Uh, it's just a great time and one of the shows I'm most excited about. In the city. That's all I got. You got anything else you want to throw in there? Nah, you 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 said the announcement that I that I thought I was coming Beat with. Beat you to the punch. You're it? very organized today. I'm hearing it in your voice. Man, well, you're, you're L tabbed out. That's right. What, so that's, that's the thing. Happening. I've been doing this like <laughs> fe- production for this poetry festival for like five weeks. It finally ended. I like had two days of being not a person at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, now I'm like back to like trying to get my life together. I got a haircut. I have new. I got joggers for the first time. Oh wow! This is a big deal. I don't know who I am anymore. Man, it's happening. It's anyway, funny. We'll, we'll get into all that. Yeah, it's funny. You needed rest from like working. I took a vacation and came home. I was like, man, I need to take a day off. <laughs> but let's not waste any more time because I am super excited. I'm usually excited for like personal relationship reasons. Like, oh man, like I know you and I, I, I appreciate you. But th- I'm actually fanning out oh, this man. week. Uh, we got knowledge up here. Legendary rapper from the city. Uh, if y'all don't know the, 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 my like, my era of growing up is like these late 2000s of when I was finding mm. myself. Uh, and Kids in the Hall was, was a big part of that. Mm. Uh, so I'm very, very excited that we were able to get you up here. Make some noise, everybody who was here. For knowledge, that is hey. you and me. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. How you real. feeling today, man? We always like to start with the question, how, how is the world treating you and how are you man, treating the world? The world is treating me pretty good these days. I'm on spring break. so Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, for those that don't know, I'm in a PhD program right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, for those that are in school and know what that's like, when spring break hits, you're just like, ah, oh, yes, no <laughs> class. I can sleep late. I don't got to think about too much. And graduate school is even more of a grind. So I don't have to like grade papers or do any of that. Nonsense. Oh, right. Cause you teach it. Yeah. So I, we're going to get to all the music yeah. stuff and all that, but I want to <laughs> yeah, start yeah, right into it. Let's start with where we are now. Like what, uh, What's what's the scholarship? What are you studying? What's what's what yeah. are you focusing on? Um, so uh, I'm at Northwestern. I'm in the School of Communications, and the particular program is media technology and society. So that can run the gamut of a lot of things mm-hmm. in terms of what I'm interested in and where I see my research going is more so looking at youth, how media affects the everyday lives of youth. Um, even more specifically, I'm interested in how music affects the everyday lives of youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, I just, I just I'm kind of taking my own narrative and my own background, my own biography and and 
taking the questions that I asked when I was a youth and seeing how they apply to like other people. Mm. Um, because I think that in terms of specifically here in Chicago, all the stuff that's been going on with, with youth and violence and, you know, people talking about kids not necessarily um, being productive citizens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think music is a gateway, one of many gateways to affect change. And so we really need to have people who know how to ask the right questions and be authentic about it. Cause that's, that's part of the whole thing is like people do research on hip hop and there's a lot of hip hop scholars and right, shit like yeah, that. Right. Yeah, but all, if you're trying to have a whole industry, if you're trying itself. to have yeah. a corniness convention, the hip hop yeah. professor, is a, that's a really good place to start. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of people that do that. But like, as I, I've spoken with like a few of my mentors, they, you know, I think a difference that I have with it is I'm looking, I'm not so much trying to like analyze Nas's lyrics or like look mm. at Jay Z or Chuck anything like D that. said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that stuff informs what the climate was then and how it informs the climate now. But I'm more so looking at how uh, how kids make usage of it in their mm. everyday lives. So as a listener, uh, what does being a listener do for you your everyday like you ever had moments i'm sure everybody in here has had a moment where you're like yo this song brings me to this point in my life or mm-hmm. how you just told me about my music affecting you mm-hmm. right so it's like i bet like i was coming of age this is my rites of passage and um you know like how does music and lyrics and things like things of that nature how did that how does that how does that affect like our socioeconomic shit how does it affect our um our emotions, how does it affect our psyche? How does it affect our motivations to move forward and become whoever we're going to become? Yeah. So, so that's what I'm looking at. And I'm authentic in the space, so nobody can question that. I'm authentic in the <laughs> right. space. I'm not one of these cornballs who just <laughs> trying to like backdoor their way into the hip hop shit. Right. Well, that, I mean, so I'll, let's come back to that. I definitely want to talk about that. So, but you mentioned it's like trying in the academy to, to ask and maybe move towards answering the questions that you were asking yourself mm-hmm. when you were a teenager. Mm-hmm. What are some of those questions that you were asking yourself then mm. that now are informing your research? Mm. Um, well, to me, I was like, well, going to the, the studio always was therapeutic for me. So I'm like, well, is it really therapeutic? Is mm. it, you know what I'm saying? Like mm. people talk about it like that, but like, you know, it's therapeutic therapy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, but it's crazy. Like a lot of people also shout so, out to therapy. So I have a master's in social work. So that's how that informs it. So I've done actual therapy with youth. And mm-hmm. um, so for the last maybe five years prior to entering my um, program, I was doing a lot of work with youth, a lot of mentorship program, a lot of um, school counseling, a lot of, after school counseling, a lot of that stuff. So I'm I'm interacting, interfacing with youth, and I'm like, yo, like, the music does something to them. You know what I mean? Not for nothing. Like, is this kid who has ADHD, but if I put the music on or if I sit him in front of an NPC or if I sit him in front of a laptop and I give him Reason or Serato or whatever, he can sit for, like, four hours mm-hmm. and, like, do that. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And his teachers probably wouldn't believe me, but, like, he could sit and master this. Problem is you can't answer answer a Scantron on an NPC. It's true, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Actually. But see, that's another, and that's where I was. That's a great segue because that's really what I was like. I'm like, yo, the school system is so antiquated. Yeah. You know, I was just looking at like something on Vimeo where they're like, even yo, more than antiquated, it's like actively harmful and something. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yo, this is what the car was in 1940 this is what the car is in 1960 this is what the car is in 1980 this is what the car is right now right if you took a school from 1940 (laughs) a school from 1960 a public school it's probably the same building same books same everything Mm -hmm. the teachers are different but the curriculum isn't the tests aren't different you just mentioned scantrons like what (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how can we get 21st century skills when we got 19th century tests? You know what I'm saying? So, and and that's the barometer for how we judge our youth. And so, you know, for me, those are the questions I want to ask. Like, is this legitimate? Is it legitimate that we could change, like, what the music class is, the arts education? Um, what are the effects? Is it positive? Is there real evidence that says that we can make this legitimate? And it takes being at institutions like Northwestern and, you know, my undergrads, University of Pennsylvania. Like I, I've been to some credible universities, so I'm not coming out here just saying like, oh, this is this is something I'm pulling out of my behind. I have to learn the, the theoretical stuff behind it and the psychological stuff behind it. But in terms of my own life, I know what it's done for my own life. Mm. 
So, so it's connecting that anecdote with the with yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. And well, a lot of my homies, I know right. a ton right. of my homies, same story. Right, but right, like right. now we're doing experiments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Ill. so. I, I, I'm I'm really like eager to like hear. Uh, what are the like preliminary answers you're coming with up with in this work? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to talk about like the path of this work itself. Cause I, sure. th- I think there was a, um, almost like a new trail that you're blazing. Cause there has mm-hmm. been like this intersection of ac- academics and hip hop before, but not usually yeah. from the participants. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so we was, in, we was at USC, um, and, and yeah. you went yeah. to USC. All right. And so that's yeah. what Taj yeah. told us that you was doing a PhD yeah. program. Shout out to Taj. Shout out to Taj. Yeah. Shout out to Eddie School that wants us to come and yeah. cut a check. Taj is Taj. Uh, is Taj is brother. Yeah. We, we brother. have to get back out there, interview him and let the people mm-hmm. know about his work. Yeah. Uh, but when he told, I was like, yo, he's, he's getting a PhD. So I want to know a little bit about that decision of, of, all right, I, I've, I've, you know, got videos on MTV jams yeah, back in the day. Yeah, right, when yeah. was the decision to get a master's? And then when was the decision to get the PhD? Like what, what really influenced that path after yeah. already having a taste of what so many view as like mm, success in, in the mainstream? It was tough to be real. Like there was a point in maybe 2012, 2012, we did a European tour and then I came back home and like I don't know, everything just wasn't the same. I had one of those like epiphanies, I guess. And uh, I guess a lot of people had uh, those moments when they're about to turn thirty. <laughs> so that's like kind of what happened. Like I turned thirty, my son is getting older. It's different things were happening. So. Even rappers have existential crises. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, you just start looking at like, well, what is it? Is there a bigger purpose for stuff? And what is? The, what am I doing this for? And mm. like, what is this? You know, what's, what's really going on? And it just so happened like we were having some legal, legal issues with our label. We were having some things going on. So really, I took the the home studio that I had, and just started opening it up to people, and I started like just engaging with people. Um, not for the sake of like a project or like an album or anything like that. I just started like letting people just come record and just building with them. And that turned into like a lot of youth hearing about the space. And then after the, you know, five youth turns into maybe like 50 youth, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I looked up and then people like, yo, you know, you're like kind of like running an after school program at this point, (laughs) like without thinking about it. Yeah, it's crazy how that happens. And so that led to me starting the 501c3, the Brainiac Project, and it just kind of like spiraled from there. Um, Both of my parents are in mental health. So I always was like, all right, well, this is what I would be doing if I never got in the game, (laughs) you know? And so now having been, you know, a reputable, I I would consider a very reputable artist at one point, it gives me a different perspective re-entering the space of academia, but it's like weird because, you know, I'm I'm at the bottom of that totem pole. So at a certain <laughs> right. point, you you kind of want to be like, do you know what the do what they I was, know? Do you ever get you know to flex on them? Do you stunt on them? No, I don't stunt. I don't stunt. I <laughs> Not say even I like stunt. a like a light stunt. There's no <laughs> context for a you light. You know, stunt. nowadays, like even when you make reference to things, people will like Google you in front of your face. <laughs> so like, they want a couple times that's ha- you have an example of that happening. What's like up? where someone Googles you oh, in front of your face? Well, we have well, like one of my classes, like we have. I make reference, so I'm like one of those people who always says like, "Oh, like my friend, did my friend." I have a conversation with my friend. I'm like, I'm really good with prefacing things with that. Like, I just had a conversation. I think casually, I threw out some somebody's name, mm-hmm. and they're like, "You don't, <laughs> you know, something like, nah, you don't know Kid Cudi, like, <laughs> you don't know Wale." And I'm just like, "Nah, like we're not like besties, <laughs> but like, no, nah, like." At one point in time, like that was my homie, yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? Like we were building, you yeah. feel me? And they're like, so then it's, you see people do this, and they take their phone out, and, kinda <laughs> like, and they kind of want to see if it's credible, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and I think t- at some point the people googling like my my uh, government name, so then they're like, uh, like wait, <laughs> so then people ask you like, what was your rap name, you know? And then like I tell them, and then then I see them go back to their phone, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then oh yeah, yeah, okay, it starts coming up, and then they're like, wow, that is so fascinating. But the first thing they ask is, why are you here? Mm. So I usually don't want to get down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. of like really just going into the whole like how I got into the industry, what went well, what went wrong, and, and some people who have no inkling of what that is it's hard for them to understand it um 
but I have the same passion. I always have. I had the same passion for for um academics and school and, and there's a lot of questions I've always I've always I think it's there's a lot of parallels between music and academia. It's just yeah. the the bureaucracy is a little different, but like there's some parallels like and it's one of the few things you can get into where the work is still yours. You control it. You know, the mm. questions you want to ask are yours. Wow. I can and still stay I can that. still stay up to like three in the morning and write a paper and is there, is there anything artistic bed. about it to you? Definitely. I always looked at verses like essays, so they're very similar. Like there's a you know, there's an intro, there's a body, yeah. then there's a, a conclusion. And like most people really only listen to the beginning and the end. <laughs> and like you know what I'm saying? And you kinda skim through the middle. And like so, so there's a lot of parallels in, in that regard. But you gotta be real I don't know, you you, you have to have been to college and did did enough writing of papers to really even understand that because you'll be like that don't make sense I don't think so but like somebody who's really written papers at even a, a you know just at a collegiate level yeah. Yeah. you you would understand it because like that's how you kind of got to throw it together like even if you're a procrastinator like how does it start you just have to have that intro <laughs> right. and you gotta have some purpose and then you repeat that intro at the end you, you, you can fill in the second <laughs> verse here and there you, you, you need know. a cool title and shit. yeah <laughs> and then people be like yo I BS my way through twenty pages but like how did BS you my way through a mix it <laughs> how did you do that yeah, yeah yeah so people people do that with filler so like but every now and then you got like a real you hit like a real own where like the stuff you're writing and like at this level of of uh schooling wow i'm thinking about like i'm thinking about audience i'm thinking about like it's the super nuanced it's a, it's yeah, a lot of parallels it's very nuanced so at this point and it becomes so much easier when, once you have a style mm. and so it's the same rap like it's, <laughs> once you have a style you and figure out your voice like how stuff. you could kind of swag your way through i hate that word but you could kind of <laughs> swag your way through a verse yeah. if you got a style yeah. It's like, oh, my voice is this, so I can just kind of give you. I could just do that for sixteen bars, and you'll you 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 won't realize I'm skating through. And it's kind of like that with papers. Once you know who to cite, <laughs> you know exactly who to cite. You could keep citing those same people over and over and over. Pull quotes, very <laughs> similar. Yeah, yeah it's kind of crazy, but like, especially in my space, because there's like, mm, there's some people who like you have to cite over and over and over and over and over. So after a while, you just you put the people in conversation with one another, and then at some point you interject your own your own opinion, mm. and that's really all it is. What, what, what are some things that you uh, like? So let's get to some of those answers that you're coming up with. What mm -hmm. are some some realizations you're coming to in the academic space that mm -hmm. you couldn't get just from practice, just from like mm -hmm. what, what 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 is it adding to your understanding? Well, this year I started uh, doing some work with this organization called Foundations of Music, which is a arts education organization that is within CPS schools. So I was inter interested in seeing a program that actually is within the school day because mm -hmm. there's a lot of after school programs. Right. But I wanted to see how is a program that's utilizing songwriting and music production in a, in a unique way during the school day. How is it working? How is it being effective? And what I found is that um, this is all preliminary. Uh, this program is in seven CPS schools right now, elementary schools. Um, so I've been in like two schools out in Austin on the west side and then two other schools. One is in West Pullman. The other one's in Auburn Gresham. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, and what I've been finding is that, you know, imagine if in the middle of your school day, music class was like making beats mm -hmm. and like writing rhymes and you're able to express yourself unfiltered and in a way that's just completely your own individuality. Um, but there's a project that's due, <laughs> which is like, oh, you got to create an EP right. by the end of the semester or whatever. And that's kind of what this program allows for. Um, it's like half the class is teaching you something about English or teaching you something about software to make beats or teaching you about DJing, teaching you something that you can kind of better your skill set in terms of making music. But it's not with the idea of like becoming a rapper for the rest right. of your life. It's more so just like, oh, we're teaching you how to express yourself, teaching you how to, the same way English class kind of, you know, you might read Raisin in the Sun, but that's not like. You're not trying to be a playwright. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where we have to treat hip hop as if it's literature in a mm. real way. 
And so that's kind of what this program is doing, and it's mm-hmm. kind of putting it in, in in the middle of the school day. So what I've been finding is that it definitely affects change in terms of how sk- kids are excited mm-hmm. to attend school. Yeah. Um, it's also helpful in terms of um, bullying, things mm-hmm. like that, where where um, there are more bridges that are connected with kids that beat makers tend to be a little more quiet than guys that are songwriters. Wow. So it, it puts people in rooms that probably wouldn't talk with each other mm-hmm. or have to collaborate with one another. Right. Uh, the same way if you're given like a paper to write with somebody and you're like, what the hell? We got to write this paper together. We got to <laughs> present together. Maybe I don't know you for nothing. You're not yeah. who I would have picked. Right. Ugh, you you're know bringing back man? group projects are a traumatic thing from my past. I hate yeah. group projects. So but that, it gets you yeah, working so, for that stuff. Yeah. And hip hop is a good conduit to that. Mm. So it is from what I found because, you know, they're, they're, both parties are very excited to do it. Right. But it's like getting two people that may not have ever spoken with one another to work together Mm. Uh, in terms of the gender thing with females. I've noticed that um, they're able to express like some of the things that they go through in terms of like relationships, in terms of their feelings, hormones, you know, females mature a little bit faster than young men. So I've been noticing things like that. Um, Really, a lot of these observations are just informing like themes that maybe we can test you know a little bit further so i'm looking more so at the socio emotional effects of like being in this type of a program i don't know if i see so much like you're in this class you're going to get straight a's because of that no like i don't think that that's what we're looking for i think what we're looking for is just can we get kids to be excited about the school day and can they learn about what we just talked about like metaphor simile these are things that are applicable to other subjects and other things so you know we're just trying to get trying to provide lanes for every type of kid and and hip-hop is just one lane you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but then it, it presents also, like, in this moment, the challenges of, like, you said you don't know whether, like, you can't document if they go to this program, they leave, they stay in school, they mm-hmm. get a straight A. Mm-hmm. And in a time where, obviously, like, we talk about divestment a lot on this show, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea of even having that in the building without, like, those documentable testing things. It's when, like, even senators are forcing people to, like, mm. prove that giving kids food makes their grades better. Mm. And that's the only reason why kids should get food. Mm. <laughs> As opposed to kids need food to live. To be, to be people. To be people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, it's, it, yeah. And they don't want to let us in all the way anyway. So, like, right. as a researcher, it's almost like, well, what are you, you going to uncover? Because they're... CPS, when I say them, CPS, Chicago Public Schools, they're pretty protective of um, their schools and the school day. And just they don't know whether you as a researcher are trying to uncover something that's going to help them or hurt them. So they're very, like, cautious about who they let in buildings. And and even if you're just doing observation, like, if I wanted to do some rigorous, like, I could possibly say, hey, man, I want to quantify this but that would take me having to do surveys mm-hmm. that would take me having to do really structured interviews and then us coding those things and then yeah. like really quantifying it and like what if what i come up with is is you know i might find something that they don't want me to find right. yeah. you know what i'm saying and so it's like maybe i can't i come in just trying to see if this program is successful but i'm like hey what's what's up with this mobility rate one school that i'm at the mobility rate is 44 when you say mobility rate what is that uh, mobility that? rate means that like at I the mean. beginning of the school year you have a roster of students and how many of those kids are there at the last day of school that mm. were there at the first day so one school that I, in particular that I'm doing work at, it has a 44% mobility rate, meaning about half the kids that start the school year at this school aren't there at the end of the school year. Now, that happens for a number of reasons. Um, in some neighborhoods, that's because people move on up and, you know, hey, move to suburbs or, hey, we got a better house, blah, 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 we got a better job. But in this particular neighborhood, that's more so because people don't, have places to stay so they shift around they stay with family they stay with cousins they stay you know they they move around a lot so they end up having to leave schools and transfer and do all of that so that makes it tough to do any type of real programming because you start you know week one you might have 14 kids 
Week two, you might have seven kids. Week three, you might have 10. Right. <laughs> and they might not be the same Different 10 yeah, that yeah, you started yeah. with. So that's a problem. But see, if I uncover that, right. that's something that CPS doesn't want people to to know or they don't want that to be publicized. Or, you know, when I went in just to look at one thing, but you find another thing because that's, you know, if you're trying to conduct real research, that's something that makes it less credible if you have different kids, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause the point is to see the effects on a kid the whole way through the program. And this is the social science thing, right? Is that they like, you have this idea that you can reduce all the variables and control mm-hmm. them all. And then study mm-hmm. this one thing, but it turns out like people and cities and communities are way more complicated it's real. than that. It's real. And so you start pulling the thread uh-huh. and pulling the thread. And all of a sudden you've been in a PhD program for 20, 25 years. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's Chicago. So, and some of this you think, you know, cause it's like, all right, my bet I'm from Chicago. I know like, this is the type of stuff that might go on and kids might not attend class or this might go down or kid might be in trouble. Or, you know what I mean? He might not be allowed to be in a program like this because it's seen as like a reward. Um, so that happens as well. But like, yeah, I started seeing things and I'm still seeing things cause I'm still doing observation but you know and this is not to slam cps at all because but i think that um we want to make our schools better and i think the only way to do that is for them to kind of open up and let us collaborate with them Mm -hmm. rather than close it off and not let us get much information and i think they're going through so much flux with the budgets and Mm -hmm. closings of schools and things like that, that they're very weary of people who they deem like as researchers. It's like, Oh, you're just coming in to kind of just talk about how bad CPS is maybe. And, or maybe the the stuff you are uncovering isn't, isn't important to like test scores or things that really meet their bottom line. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm sitting there talking about emotions and social (laughs) aspects and you know, they, I mean, trying to hit that shit. Yeah, it's like, well, what's it doing for their test scores? <laughs> and it makes you wonder how many, how many people from Northwestern, U Chicago, UIC have sat in those classrooms in the last twenty five years yeah. and done this. And some of them have the like framework that you do mm-hmm. and are think thinking about these and relating to these kids. And some of them are, are garbage. And <laughs> yeah. a lot of people they be like, "Yo, you're gonna hit these brick walls. You're gonna hit a bunch of brick walls because they're not gonna let you do this. They're not gonna let you do that." So I'm, I'm still optimistic at this point. I haven't been broken. Um, <laughs> Glad to hear that. But you know, like people will be like, "Oh, you know, you you end up having to do your thing at like a charter school. Or you end up having to go to a suburban school because they'll give you more access." Mm. But like. It's not more... Like, I was signed a duck down. I'm going to yeah. do what I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's crazy. It's that's different. It's, it's, it's ill because it's like, it's way different than like trying to create an album or some, something and you're like, oh, I could just make a song. Or if somebody's like, yo, your, ex, your, your research is incredible. Like, that's... Damn. That's quite a diss, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, diss, right? that's like somebody telling you, you whack. Like, yeah. You whack. You're real whack. Like, your, your paper is your not credible. Not so, yeah. So, I've been learning. I've been learning. But it's been a process. I think I think if you're passionate about what you're doing, which I am, it all comes to light. And, and the blessing is I actually get to be around people who are discovering mm. hip-hop for the first time. So, that energy is transferable. That's so, like, more so than ever, I've been, like, more influenced to, like, actually go back in the studio mm. and make things. Because, like, I'm like, damn, like, they, they just, yeah. it's the first time they've ever, like, you know, they're excited about, like, hearing their voice on a microphone. Right. They're not, like, you know, it, I think I felt out of mm. love with hip-hop at one point because I was like, oh, everything is about money. It seemed like everything me and Double O was talking about had to deal with money, 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 money. Like, and it's all valid because you're trying to, like, take care of yourself and once that becomes what the music is about you have to meet deadlines um your creativity can get stymied once it gets commodified yeah yeah. and in your mind it's just it's a difficult thing because it becomes like a it's a job it's a job like you're paying taxes and like you know what i mean you got a company and like people work for you and it becomes about what's the best business move not so much just you know, when I got into it, it was like, we just writing rhymes just to write rhymes just because it's fun, yeah. you know, and uh, sometimes business and the industry aspect of it can take the fun out of it. But like seeing these kids in this in this most like purest form, rap music, it can it's exciting to see that, you know what I'm saying? And then every now and then I feel like, you know, as I'm an observer, but I'm also a participant to an extent. So mm. they're like, yo, we here used to... 
<laughs> do your thing. Like you used to rap, but like yeah, and then you know Google, YouTube, all those things like allow for mm. them to like see like whoa. Yeah, you actually yeah, like, big homies back crazy. in the day used to not get like credit right because yeah. you didn't you know, like look it up. Like, yeah, 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 sure. You knew kick. Yeah, like I ain't I ain't I ain't Al Bundy talking about Pokai and my four touchdowns. It's real. They like it's documented. Yo. Yeah, because I it's like some still like yo you. They, I think they expect they go to YouTube. They're like oh, you probably got like a few thousand views. They're like no, nah, this nah, thing got like millions. some real views. Yeah. So they start really being like, whoa, that's crazy. Like why you stop doing what you did? You know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting. Do you think that that makes them value the space more? Yeah, I think it makes me authentic to them, and I think that's something that allows youth to open up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. and build rapport i think we got a lot of culture vultures who come in and they just look at hip-hop as something that's like fly by night and it's cool and or not i don't even know if they think it's fly by night but they're just pimping the culture but they're not necessarily authentically a part of it and this is something that i've lived for the longest i mean we talk we in hbk right now we're talking before this interview started i'm like i remember like jp chill i remember like those days where I like recorded HBK before <laughs> I went to sleep to hear like the newest whatever New York mm-hmm. hip hop was going on and sometimes underground Chicago stuff with like cats like Juice and Rhyme Fest and guys that were doing their thing Optimus Prime and like it was these are guys that are not even like <laughs> man rap name Optimus Prime <laughs> these aren't these aren't even guys that like may not matter in the grand scheme of things but like to us they were like stars right. <laughs> like yeah. they were stars of the cypher and like you know it's, it's interesting to see how things move forward so I want to get back into all that but let's take a breath take a break catch sure. our breath and uh, sure. we've been talking about school so much this is uh, yeah. me and my old school <laughs> by you you're listening to Ergo WHBK Ergo Radio dot com that's up so I take a toe of the cigar Blowing ashes out on these niggas. Yeah. Nigga coming down stony and I'm looking like the man hope. Never play me, motherfucker. Ain't no bad joke. Ain't no magazine, nigga. You can get your issue. Rolling down 87, nigga. Get a tissue. Cause I know you niggas hate. Yeah, you hating, folk. Why you niggas mad? Get some paper, homie. That's how I was raised. Right on 7 Trey. What's up? We back. WHPK Ergo Radio. We got knowledge here. Uh, so, man, again, still yeah. fanning out. Uh, man, the, shit, love, the shit we man. just kicked on the first half hour or so, like, really spoke to my song. A lot of things that's happening on the ground right now. So just just more appreciation. But I do want to... So a, a big part of our show is kind of, like, documenting or getting to, like, the, the people at the essence of, of what has been known, like, the last four or five years as the Chicago Renaissance. Word. Right? Um, and we're really talking like as fake shore is picking up and yeah. like, you, know, you know the last four or five years or so yeah. uh, but I think you are a part of that like precursor of, of allowing Definitely. that to, to happen so Definitely. I want to get your perspective especially of that like post 
Kanye post Lupe the Cool, mm-hmm. where, where it was like y'all the cool mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. early treated crew, mm-hmm. uh, really making like a, a new lane in the city. It was an interesting what, 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 thing. Is, what, is, what was that time like, and what does it feel like seeing what's happening now? Man, it was pretty ill because most things going on at that time kind of revolved around certain people behind the scenes. Like uh, I was discovered by a guy named John Monopoly, right? Who was working with Don C, who everybody knows for now for like the Just Don and all mm-hmm. that stuff, but an RSVP. But he was uh, he's basically Kanye's right hand, right? So everybody, I heard he was the so on Kanye's first tour. They didn't have a DJ. Oh, he was a Don DJ. He was a DJ yeah. and the tour manager. He was DJ tour manager. <laughs> and it was him, John Legend, and oh, I think yeah. maybe Consequence. Yep. Like that, yeah. And he was the merch guy. <laughs> he was everything. Sounds and, like uh, a very real hustle. Yeah. <laughs> he was everything. And they had a deal, major label and everything. And it was just like, Don C does everything. And he was probably the stylist, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Kanye, a lot of that early polo stuff was Don C stuff. But anyway... Mm. Um, I've seen you in a couple pictures with the polo. And the oh yeah, backpack. I was a little head a little bit, but not like not not like some of them guys, some of the old school guys. Twilight Tone, um, rest <laughs> in peace, Tim Buck Two. DJ Word is actually one of the cats who really put me on to to uh, Vintage Low. But uh, John Monopoly was very instrumental in my career. He he also managed uh, Shauna. He managed Carl Thomas. He managed a lot of people. No ID. He managed a lot of people. He put me in a lot of a lot of good circles. But during that time, his company, Hustle Period, actually had Mano who, as a mm-hmm. producer, in-house producer. Um, a bunch of people were just involved with Hustle right. Period at that time. So it was very... In- Hustle Period and good music were kind of like the same thing. So I was around GLC when they were, he was doing his stuff, and I was around um, uh, all the cats that was kind of around. And at, and Malik this, Youssef. Right, right, right. And um, at this point, like, what are we talking like? Like college dropout labor registration? Yeah, already, this is probably big, like 05, 06, 05, 06. And um, so this is a lot of Chicago people, but y'all aren't in Chicago, right? You're in LA mostly. Yeah, this point. most yeah. of those folks are there. So that's and part of what makes this moment so. Sarah, and I, I thought it was so interesting that like I met all these Chicago people when I was in LA, and that's kind of how everything kind of came full circle. Because I was like, okay, well, like it's it's destined because I probably wouldn't have met these people in Chicago. Yeah. Um, and if I did, they wouldn't have given me the time of day. So like, <laughs> my manager, who's just my manager Dan uh, Salamito, uh, who who was like I had two managers, so like Manop was kind of like my industry manager, right. and like Dan was like just a cat I went to college with, you know. He was kind of like he's smart, very smart. He responded to email, but like he was the day to day. Like you need yeah. to talk to me, you are gonna talk to Dan. But like when we need to like make something happen with the label, Manop would handle that stuff. So. um he had a situation. He was managing Sara, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Sara, but like Taz Arnold and all those guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, now they do a lot of work. Omas from Sara actually did a lot of work with Vic Mensa on his last project, mm-hmm. and Taz. Uh, besides being like a fashion icon to some people in streetwear, <laughs> yeah. he's done a, a lot of work with Kendrick Lamar on that to Pimp a Butterfly and. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a lot of the new stuff, new wave coming out of LA. Yeah. He's involved in that. So they uh, signed to Sony. He got them signed to Sony, and as like a favor, the guys from Rockets were somehow involved with Sara, and um, they were like, "Well, like you know, I'll, I'll sign Sara, but like you got to sign the act I have." So it was kind of like a trade for a trade, and so <laughs> so um, weird out of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I got signed to um, Rockets as a solo artist. And they didn't even know anything about Kids in the Hall. Kids in the Hall kind of happened because we were just tired of sitting around waiting. <laughs> and like, yeah. so we wanted to put out a mixtape. And um, they wanted me to work with a lot of different producers, but Double O was like, the, again, the homie, like my friend, my, like yeah. my bro from college. So I was like, this is who I make music with. And, uh, you know, while we're waiting for all these like, big name producers to get back to me. I'm like, yo, I want to do our shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so that turned into like a mixtape and that mixtape turned into like a European tour and that turned into like this big like 10 year run of us doing Kids in the Hall. Yeah, um, I mean, so you you mentioned a little bit that, so you're from here, but everyone out there is in LA and yeah. you hadn't been, you know, you'd been in school at Penn and then you moved straight out there. So yeah. it's Chicago involved, but you're not here. And yeah. I was reading a, an interview that y'all did actually on Fake Shore. Yeah. Um, and one of the things Double O says, I'm going to pull the quote. Okay. Ooh. Is uh, The preparation game hey, is look at real. That. Look at that. That's real. He says, That's real. 
He said, I knew that especially for rap, we needed to be from somewhere. Knowledge rap, so Chicago was that place. Yeah. And, you know, Dame, you're talking about like being that age and it being like there, there's this continuity here, this relationship. Mm-hmm. But, and that runs through you. But like when you think about having been out of the city for so long and making mm. music and talking about Chicago, like when you did come back, and we'll, we'll go back to when you were there, but when you did come back, like, were there any things that stood out as like, man, we've been talking about it this way, but while we were gone, all these things changed and mm-hmm. we've been like misunderstanding mm-hmm. the city. Because mm-hmm. I, I was talking about my high school era. A lot of stuff I was rapping about was like what happened when I was in high school and it was all retrospective and it was all like, mm. you know, I think a lot of the first couple albums, I literally was talking a lot about high school, mm. a lot about high That's school, and a, a lot about college. You and were. then as a grown man, <laughs> how I feel about what occurred then and, you know, coming back to the city, you realize, man, it's changed. It was like, whoa, like it's a lot that's changed. Places that I referenced aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, people and places, you know, people get older. Guys that you remember as as exuberant, having energy and being athletic, they they on the corner, they hairline pushed back, and mm-hmm. they got kids. You know, <laughs> stuff is real out here. You know, those like, kids <laughs> to go hand yeah. hand. You know, like guys that smoked a little bit. You now you can see they smoke. You know, it's yeah. like, like dad, like you wearing, you're like you wearing it. Like you, mm-hmm. you, you got miles on you. Like I could see it, and like these cats is the same age as me. So then I started examining myself. Like damn, I'm getting older because as we're touring, we're touring places, and I'm only interacting with young people. Mm-hmm. So I'm like I'm getting older, but everybody around it's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's still young. That's, yeah, that's I'm it. still at colleges performing, and I'm getting older every year, mm. every year, every year. But the people I'm dealing with are still eighteen to twenty four, eighteen to twenty four, eighteen. Man, that's to crazy. I, I was I think I, like to be personal, <laughs> really I think I was I was about seventeen when I I had just got my laptop, mm-hmm. uh, and so I started like Lil Wayne put me onto like the internet, yeah. and so for like two and a half years I basically only listened to Wayne with like the Kanye and Jay. <laughs> Sprinkled in, and that was like my discovery of like outside of the radio, yeah. right? And then I got my laptop, and and it was y'all and, 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 and cool kids, um, and y'all were like the first ones to like yeah. not just be talking about money, which I is hear drug, that, man. Right? We- and, and, and then like clothes and just and just mentioning Chicago outside of the very like mm-hmm. far away Kanye context, right? Like yeah. that felt like unaccessible at some point, like a hero. I was uh, of it. Yeah, and, and, I was of it. And as I think about now, as I think about, you know, the Save Money, the Pivot Gang, the, the No Name, and the, and, and the Mick Jenkins, my, my little era, like, that came up from YCA, right? Like, y'all were... They're all of that ilk. And I talked to everybody yeah. when I talked to... Uh, you were just I mean, mentioning Rocky. I mean, Vic is a direct... Like, Vic is somebody I directly had influence on. You think lineage? Not like indirect. Not like he heard like, you, but like he was like, in the studio. Yeah, like, like me and Vic, I picked him up from his mom's house and we would go places and mm. like go to the studio and like I think I probably took him to his first like actual I would sneak him in places he probably wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I introduced him to like currency and Wale and like all these people and like maybe that doesn't matter, but like But it absolutely does. I know for a fourteen, <laughs> fifteen year old that meant something when he going back to Whitney Young and telling people like, Y'all, you don't know what I did last night. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just in yeah. terms of realizing that this thing could be real. Like, oh, this is what a tour bus is, or this is what yeah. this is what it looked like. This is what the day to day looks like of being a rapper. Um, and so, who was that person? Was there someone who was that person for you? Mm, I ain't really had. I mean, Manop, Manop, Manop was like somebody who put me and made it real. He made it real, but you just weren't a teenager. But you know what? <laughs> um, just Just Blaze, when we met him. Because he wasn't really my friend. He was Double O's friend because they were like producers. Mm-hmm. So I was like his producer idol and all that shit. So to me, I was more so just like the rap dude. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, that's your your rap friend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so <laughs> producers sometimes my are friends, weird. My school friends, my school friends. It's kind of like, oh, he's in the room. He raps. Like, da, 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 da. like, I think sometimes producers are weary of like rappers wanting to like get their beat, ask for beats or like mm. infringe on the creative space. Cause you know, we were hanging out when we were in New York, we would be a baseline. We'd be a just studio. And like a lot of major people yeah. would be in there. So yeah. it was kind of like, you got to be on fly on the wall yeah. and you just got to know your place <laughs> until somebody like asked you your opinion. Cause just did know our rap and he would like ask for my opinion, but you might be sitting there for three hours before somebody asks your opinion. Mm. But anyway, um, 
when we were in there, like being around him and when he was like, yo, you got something. That was it was made real for me then. He didn't necessarily mentor me, but I was like, if somebody's talking to Jay-Z on a regular basis, talking to like people who I look up to mm-hmm. as rappers, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh bet, like if he's saying what I'm doing is okay, then what I'm doing is I should yeah. this is my path and I got something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking about both for it sounds like the way you're describing Jaminopoly and a little bit with just like the the kind of pros and cons and the balance of the cosine and that being so mm-hmm. central to how like hip hop lineage works it sounds like mm-hmm. um, but also it has its challenges right mm-hmm. and, and maybe some I could imagine some of the frustrations or the that that reflection that came later mm-hmm. um, comes from like how do we establish how do I establish who I am as a person independent of like this mm. these relationships mm-hmm. um, and it seems like for you. Maybe it's the move into scholarship. Maybe it's just the the way life changes. Yeah. But when you think about how you understood yourself in like 2010, let's say. Yeah. Um, how do you think you were misunderstanding who you were? Great question. Wow. <laughs> 20... Kudos to Kiss on that one, everybody. That's folks. Yeah. <laughs> folks. Um, I think in 2010, I, I like perceived the idea of what a rapper was supposed to be in like certain actions and certain um everyday uh what's the word there's certain things that i felt like a rapper had to be Mm. and i think the beauty of what i see in the new generation of chicago rappers is like like somebody like a chance who's like unabashedly been like yo i'm just gonna stay in chicago like i tried the la thing it ain't really for me i tried the new york thing it ain't really for me like i'm a chicago dude this is what made me this is what built me i'm here and i think for me i think back in 2010 i felt like i kind of had to be in hollywood i felt like i had to be Mm. in certain venues Mm. i had to go out i had to do certain things, wear certain things. I had because it's real pre Instagram, Twitter wasn't yeah, too big. Yeah, I felt like I had to present myself in a certain way, um, and mm. and uh, that can be trying. Eventually, you kind of live in a double life. Even some of the people that the mm. MCs that I like um, looked up to, great, very greatly. I was um, shocked to see that like they weren't living out the, their rhymes. Oh, you're you know? not rich. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, it was just, a, it's a facade. I mean, beyond just that, like some of the lifestyle stuff they weren't living out. Mm. Where I was like, yeah, you rapping about consciousness and rapping about, mm. like some of the, the conscious rappers was like some of the worst yeah. people, <laughs> like yeah. actual people and personalities. Mm. And the so, hypocrisy that, deep. like, we usually hear it the other way of like, mm-hmm. the, that's and, so hard. And it's bro. almost, it almost feels worse, right? As someone who, looks at that person in a certain light and like they mean they symbolize something Mm -hmm. to you when that person doesn't embody their politic man as opposed to like the person who's like i'm look i'm not making that claim and the trap guys the guys i was around that did more street music they seem more family oriented they seem more like (laughs) business oriented (laughs) they seem more like 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 this is a, a, a this is my job, but when they get off stage, they're very. You think much... there's something to that? Because like what you what mm-hmm. like hip hop kind of gets like uh, dichotomized mm-hmm. a lot, right? Like there's the conscious mm-hmm. and there's the street in Chicago. We got like the drill and like mm-hmm. the poetic scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you and, had like the rock is dug down versus the major. Yeah, right. it's but, 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 but seeing yeah. but seeing that each side is kind of like living out a fantasy or like this yeah. alter ego. Yeah. Um, do you think that's like a central part of hip hop is like creating what you are not able to be in your day to day? It's an interesting thing. I or think, is it something um, more like perverse than that? I think more like the drill guys, the like street guys, they're more regimented because they're used to actually like, it's terrible to say this, but I think like you come from a culture like well, you gotta survive. street entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and like, yeah, corner boy masculinity, but like it's very organized it's like you're a foot soldier you're a lieutenant you're the mm-hmm. you know and i think they're very very regimented used to like we wake up at this time we go to sleep at this time whereas um the more like poetic conscious cats they're more into the art and finding a vibe and finding the energy and sometimes that comes from just being fucked up off your ass for a whole day like i, I remember being at like studio sessions and watching like uh, not to name names, but like you can, you could drop one. You're, you're in a PhD um, program. It's far enough. The statute limitations has ended. Yeah, like I'm just saying, like okay, so I looked up to Black Star like very heavily, mm-hmm. and I remember like being at sessions at Baseline and just being like, yo, like you know, 
most will have like the whole day booked. Come in, like string a couple, pluck the guitar for like five minutes and leave. You know mm. what I'm saying? But the label was paid for like the whole day. Right. And I'll come back and it's like the same thing happened the next day, same thing happened the next day. And it, I was like, so how does, when, when does this dude work? And he's like, no, nah, like he has bursts of, you know, when he comes in and, you know, he might come in with like three girls and just chill with them in the studio and leave, mm. not record anything. Mm. He has to catch a vibe. He has to catch a, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whereas, there's moments where Quali was like more of a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna come in and work, 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 work. But like everybody wanted most, right? You know what I'm saying? We don't, we ain't want a black star record without most on it. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I would watch those things, and I'm like, man, like, but it's something to that because a lot of the stars they had that. But then I think, like you said, like you were asking about 2010. I think I felt like, oh, to be a star, I gotta be like that. Mm. I gotta, Whether that's actually your creative process or not. Or not. Yeah, I got to be like, I got to vibe out. I got to <laughs> I gotta maybe smoke, even though I'm not a smoker. Or maybe I got to like indulge with like a lot of women to get the, the inspiration that I need <laughs> and all this shit. Like, I'm like, nah, you don't really got to do all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could just be you, be who you was, you know, from South Shore and, and walking around Hyde Park and chilling and like, who, be that guy. You don't got to like... You don't got to do too much, you know what I'm saying? And I and this is like I said, it's before heavy, heavy, heavy social media. So I'm, I can only imagine what these mm. younger guys are doing because it, yeah. it's really about a facade at this point. And we're in the share, every, we're in the share everything uh, moment right now, and it's a microwavable society. So things are like quick, and it's 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 about productivity with this stuff too. So it's like we don't live in moments; we share moments, and so we mm. curate our lives for others to see mm. at all times and so that's an interesting thing but yeah in 2010 that's what i thought and i think because i looked up to these cats um it's a slippery slope between finding a vibe and being a you know a goofy you know? <laughs> <laughs> that is a great life lesson <laughs> we're running out of time but i have one thing on that um i was gonna do r&b oh we we got time right, let, cool. let me just say real quick to that question about like the realization of I should just be the dude I am walking around Hyde Park there. Yeah. Have you been able to carry that into academia? Because I see, mm. even though there, it's a different set of like there's norms, no to, there's still all mm-hmm. those facades of the tweed jackets mm-hmm. and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. has that been able to transfer for you? Like that lesson Thus you learned? Thus far, it's been cool. And I think um, I've been told by many, I have, I have a couple of mentors that have been like really good and talking to me about this. One is uh James Peterson. He's he's at Lehigh. He's a good dude. He's oh, a he's I'd be mad with yeah him. yeah. He's hip he's a hip hop scholar, but he's like a real dude. And, you know he he actually was at Penn, getting his PhD when I was in undergrad. Oh. So, um, me and him talked, and he was like, "Yo, they brought you here." Another person I talked to was David Banner, and, mm. and both of those guys were like, "They brought you in for a specific reason." Um, they vet people out before they let the let 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 you guys into these programs. And so the reality is, is if you come in and, and conform to everybody else, um, you can, you know, on some level, you have to learn the theory and learn the literature, but like be you. Yeah. yeah. Because that's what they brought you there for. And like, ultimately that's probably what's going to get you hired and make you different than the other candidates. Like that's not saying I'm going in with a do rag and hoodies and mm-hmm. things every day in class, but like, don't maybe like, on Tuesday though. <laughs> might catch me in the library, you know, since whatever. But it just like be you, like, and it 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 was hard for me. I ain't gonna lie, it was definitely hard at first. But I'm I'm starting to find a zone where I'm able to kind of bring both worlds together because I think I'm authentic in both spaces, and that's cool. I say authentic a lot, but that's real. You know, that's no, important. So real quick, we have a. Uh... A game that we play that we haven't played in a while, but is a staple of Ergo. And I apologize for not warning you. It's Usually, people who are public, we try to give them a heads up. Man, it's what but I it's mean. about accountability, right? Word up. We, you know, accountability is really important. And I think there is a sect of the world that's run amok, mm. and that is R and B singers. Mm. So you know, in hip hop, you know, we've seen it like the last few months. If you kind of step out of bounds, even if it's fake or manufactured, yeah. there's gonna be a diss track, right? Yeah. Somebody's gonna come with the beef and kind of hold you accountable, like, yeah. hey man, you wilding, you flexing, yeah. you, you, yeah. you're not authentic. Yeah. And I think R&B does not have that. So mm. I know you've got some up close looks. We ain't not asking mm. additional dirt unless you're willing oh, no. to. You know but saying? from all the way back from like Motown, David Ruff, Ruffin uh-huh. up to like August Alsina. Wow. We need we need one R&B singer. Why you got beef with him? And tell us tell us why. Wow. 
That's crazy. One R and B singer. R and B beef up here. We real. We real. These ergo streets. Like real beef. Like damn. It could be out of love if it has to. Um, but we prefer it not. That's funny, G. Um, I guess. Yo, Jaheem, man. (laughs) There we go. Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. (laughs) No, like, cause you know, yeah, he had, he had a. I was re- I'm really mad at like the like <laughs> yeah the like you know what I'm saying like the, the, what do you call those rhinestones he was still wearing like rhinestones <laughs> on den- denim jackets you know what I'm saying oh, no. and like he's just mad washed you know it just doesn't look right you know and I'm just upset at that the rhinestones is definitely the, the R&B thug terrible. thing is like yeah. it's quite over yeah. <laughs> Came out with like a wife beater and a chain with his first like, with Yeah, the, the rhinestone yeah. denim jackets and like you think Timberlands has passed. Yeah, but like if you caught him on YouTube recently, he's <laughs> probably still wearing the cut off <laughs> denim jackets. Well, he still has the jacket, <laughs> rhinestones. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, closet. like fam, like he's got to be at least forty five. Yeah, yeah. Point. Like, yeah. give that up. I mean, he has got a great voice, right? But even that, he's kind of, I don't know. I, I just was, up, no, I was upset. Great, I was upset. I'm upset with Add that. Add that to the roster. <laughs> that's, sure. that's a great <laughs> answer. Before yeah. we get out of here, um, I, I did mention this before. You don't have to. No pressure. But you could throw the headphones on and maybe uh, maybe I'll put on a beat and you'll rap maybe yeah. something. We'll see how this goes. Yeah, we'll, I'll rap something. We'll see if it's good or not. <laughs> All I'm right. Saying. Well, let's find out. <laughs> we got knowledge here. Ergo Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Turn me up a little bit. The headphones. Yeah. 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 Huh. Back like I never left, up in us, peace. Yeah, back like I never ever got a fleece. Up in Nike town, up in Nike sport. Understand what I do, it, this is not for sport. It's serious, off the top of the head, sort of like a toupee. You gay, take it over. Bending over backwards for the wrong things in life. Understand what I do it when I never even write. I come so authentic with the things that I spit. Understand what I do it, this is a gift. December 25th, no Saint Nick. This is just me in the flesh, no mesh, no holes. It's so, it's so fluid when I do it. Understand what I do it. Like tire setting me at the buzzer beater. Understand what I do it when I come through. When I come through, give me a... Respect like Aretha, respect like Aretha, uh-huh, uh-huh, fast like a cheetah, spit it, I'm a true MC, and it beat in L-E-D-G-E, uh, bring good things to light, General Electric, understand what I do, I gotta check the metrics, no experimental, this is all observational, I'm real in the space, you not, huh. <laughs> Real off the bars, yeah, 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 hip hop, knowledge. Where, where can be, do you want people to find you? Where people can find you at? Where, I ain't want to give no written. That's so real. That's real. Look, we'll um, take what we can get. That's, that's a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, um, brainiacproject.org, knowledge, knowledgeevans.com, n a l e d g e e v a n s dot com. Thank you for being here. Yeah, so I much love. That in so a much appreciation. <laughs> it's been, it's we been a while. <laughs> I could it could have went more. I, I, I tweaked. I'm like, heck, I wish I could have hit. Da, da, da. <laughs> it's cool. Well, we'll, we'll get you back. Know. We'll get you back on a microphone. Yeah, That's a beautiful thing. Thank yeah. you for being here, and uh, we'll be Cypher, back next energy, week. Good energy. <laughs> at Ergo Radio at all the platforms. Much love to the people. Peace. Mm. In high school, I was most talkative. Now I'm most decadent. And least intelligent, yours irrelevant. Hot like fire, cooler than peppermint, still benevolent. Rose gold necklace, he just left negligent. Case closed, no settlement or arraignment. Spit for my sanity, not for entertainment. Never on some lame shit, lean to the left, y'all on the same shit. Imitate the same hit. You think that's dope? I say Harley. Don't listen to radio, singled out like McCarthy. Trying to be the black McCartney. Got a degree, so they call me artsy. But I'm just as vain as the next man Look who shirt waves spinning like a jet fan Difference is I keep it in perspective Jesus ain't got for me to drive in a Lexus He died for me to change the world I ain't tripping off money and girls I'm just tripping all around the world